expect uh, a follow-up, uh, in which case, how will the economy respond without fiscal spending? Mm. And as well as the markets being driven by fiscal stimulus, you could also say they're being driven by retail investors more than ever before, aren't they? I mean, you have all these people sitting at home now with their stimulus checks um, and, and putting it into the stock market and trading directly themselves, not through, uh, not through brokers, uh, using online platforms right. and not through fund yeah. managers. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Korea's been a, a massive beneficiary of that. Uh, and as is uh, many parts of the world. Um, I call it a combination of gaming uh, and gambling <laughs> facilitated by mobile trading platforms. But not investing. Um, I think, uh, um, well, it's, uh, it's making money, so it's, you cannot call it uh, not investing, but certainly um, it's driven by uh, different uh, uh, factors uh, versus the previous bull markets. Mm. Uh, I think the interesting uh, point I make to my investors is that uh, traditionally, in, institutional investors will lead the early stages of the, uh, the rally, uh, and the latter stage is usually taken up by the retail investors. This mm. time, it's the reverse. <laughs> um, and I think you can already feel the, uh, the reluctance or the fear of the institutional investors uh, coming in at the peak of the market. And mm. I think that, to me, is a bullish sign, because the reluctance means that they haven't fully committed to the market yet, and therefore, mm. further upside. My goodness. Okay. Peter, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. That's Peter Kim, Managing Director and Investment Strategist at KB Securities. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets in Australia at the moment, uh, the SX200 up a quarter of a percent over in South Korea, the Cosby up a quarter of a percent as well. Uh, in Japan, the Nikkei 225 has risen about 0.1% and futures markets indicating a gain of about half a percent for the Hang Seng at the open. Do stay tuned to Radio 3. Back check coming up next with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast mainly fine. Maximum temperature of about 27 degrees. Warm during the day and relatively humid in the next few days. 22 degrees right now. 87% relative humidity. Time's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. An extra 3 million people will shortly be able to book a coronavirus vaccine from 9 this morning after the government lowered the age threshold from 60 to 30. Foreign domestic helpers and students who study overseas can also apply. A medical expert said he didn't expect to see a spike in bookings because people were still worried about adverse side effects from the jabs. But a panel of experts say heart problems are the likely cause of death for most of the seven people who've passed away after receiving inoculations. Professor Ivan Hung says people with heart problems could still get vaccinated if their condition was stable. We only refer to patients who have symptoms or have very poor control. For example, their hypertension, they have very poorly controlled or they have very poorly controlled diabetes or they have ongoing symptoms, for example, chest pain or shortness of breath on exertion. So these patients, we would suggest them to defer the vaccination until they have controlled their current illnesses and then, of course, they could receive the vaccine afterwards. So far, no new coronavirus cases have been found in the government's ambush-style lockdowns in central, western and Sai Yingpun for the third night in a row. Around 710 residents were tested. It comes as authorities reported 30 new cases yesterday, with another 13 of those connected to a Sai Yingpun gym. The outbreak there has grown to over 120 people.
The World Health Organization has urged countries to keep using the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine as a growing list of European nations suspend injections. Spain, France, Italy and Germany are the latest to halt its use as a precaution after concerns were raised about a small number of people who'd suffered blood clots. A leading British statistician, Professor David Spiegelhalter, said some regulators were making a difficult situation worse. There is mistrust in Europe about this specific vaccine, I think mainly due to grossly misleading statements that have been made about it. And these pauses, it can only increase suspicion and cause more people not to have the vaccine. And, you know, Germany, cases are going up. It's got a higher death rate than the UK at the moment. They've got AstraZeneca vaccine just sitting in fridges. So I think that these pauses, I don't think you can consider these as being cautious there actually could be doing more harm than good. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chewitt and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, discussion on Hong Kong's electoral changes and diving safety. Pro-Beijing figures in Hong Kong put forward various suggestions yesterday as to how many of LegCo's lawmakers the public should get to choose in future, with one saying he hopes it can be limited to little more than a fifth of members. Mainland officials are holding a series of seminars to gauge public opinion on the electoral system overhaul that's been agreed in Beijing, with government officials, executives, councillors and pro-establishment industry representatives among those invited. Beijing has already announced the number of seats in LegCo will be expanded to 90, with the CE Election Committee to choose some lawmakers itself. A candidate review committee will also consider the qualifications of candidates in the Election Committee, LegCo and the CE, and there's dispute about whether its judgment could be subject to judicial review. And on Friday, the G7 ministers accused Beijing of oppression and attempting to eliminate dissenting voices and opinions in Hong Kong. The EU said in a report that Hong Kong had seen alarming political deterioration. What do you make of the foreign reaction? How many legislators should be chosen by the election committee? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. And at after 9.15, we'll be talking about diving safety. That's following two deaths relating to snorkelling and scuba diving uh, in Hong Kong over the past weekend. Joining us for our first topic now, we have uh, Emily Lau, former chair of the Democratic Party, Holok Sang, a senior research fellow in the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Later, we're also going to be talking to a uh, journalist, uh, Chris Young. Once again, our email back, chat at rthk.hk. Uh, a few emails uh, on this topic with a common kind of uh, feeling, I think. Derek says, Dear Backchat, as we move closer to one country, one system, many are asking how many of the freedoms that we now enjoy will be withdrawn. Will life here be any different from the mainland after 2047? Uh, Matthew says, the five or six news stories a day discussing the inner workings of the future reformed and improved electoral system and indeed this Black Chat programme are meaningless and irrelevant to Hong Kong people. It's clear that genuine elections and representation of the people are dead and have been replaced by a party-controlled selection system like that in the mainland. So seriously, who cares? These gory details are only relevant to the handful of patriots who will do fierce battle with each other for the privilege and plunder such positions offer using whatever means necessary, just as party members do in the mainland system. And Alan says, 
Beijing officials, uh, quote, Beijing officials are starting to seek public opinion on the electoral overhaul, unquote. Sure, Hong Kong government are past masters at doing public consultations where the results are predetermined. I gave up participating in those years ago. No matter what the public sentiment is, they will find and publicise the responses that support their plan and ignore or discount the rest. Recent example, the land use consultation that Carrie announced the result, the trillion dollar new land tower, even before it was finished. Few will bother to comment because of how obviously futile it is, and also out of fear that opposition will lead you to being targeted for NSL investigation. If Beijing wanted to know what public opinion was, they could allow us to vote on it. This is just an opportunity for the usual boat bootlickers to gloat at the next step in the death of a high degree of autonomy. That is from uh, Alan. Thanks very much indeed. Our email once again is backchat at rthk.hk Emily Lau good morning to you. Good morning. What do you make of this process, this uh, consultation process that's uh, underway at the moment? Well I I think it is quite meaningless and as some of the emails you just read out I think most people feel very, very upset. And, uh, and uh, two, I guess it's uh, really the end of one country, two systems. But that should not and cannot be the end of Hong Kong. And I think we have to continue uh, to speak out if we have the courage and to uh, you know, continue to struggle. After all, we've been doing it for decades. Uh, why change a habit of a lifetime? Um. Why, why aren't you in jail, uh, Miss Lau? Uh, everybody else is, or <laughs> up on charges. Why, why have you been spared? Why, why don't you ask the central government? How do I know? <laughs> Maybe I, I won't be able to speak to you for much longer. Uh, Emily, are you invited to any of these sessions uh, no, you know, for no, meaningful dialogues? No, no, Ada. Are you, Ada? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the same boat. <laughs> what, what, you know, what, what is the worst part of this, um, of this reform, do you think? Well, I mean, as I said, it's the end of one country, two systems. Uh, under one country, two systems, uh, we were promised by the central government, uh, which is according to the Sino-British Joint Declaration and the basic law, that our free lifestyle, the rule of law, personal safety, independence of the judiciary and all that uh, would be maintained and we could develop democratic government. But now, I think as some of the emails you just read out shows people are afraid, not only can we not, will we not be allowed to develop democratic government, uh, they are taking a lot of retrograde steps. Some say the system would be worse than before the handover, uh, but personal safety and freedoms are all at stake and hence <laughs> that's why you ask me why I'm still not in jail well, well of course so, uh, well of course <laughs> Beijing would say these these are to ensure our personal safety which was put in danger in 2019 um, this this uh, cements the rule of law uh, in Hong Kong and guarantees our freedoms to go about our business which were taken away then well I can understand why some people say they were very unhappy with the situation in 2019, when there were all these chaos in the streets, burning of MTR stations, and so on. No, nobody could accept that. And that's why many people, whether it's from the uh, establishment camp or the pro-democracy camp and others, called on the government 
to announce the setting up of an independent commission of inquiry. Not that it will solve all the problems immediately, no. But if that's announced, I think many people, many groups will quieten down and allow it to, uh, to take its place. But of course, that was rejected and nothing else was proposed. And so, I guess some people sitting on Beijing must also be hopping mad. And that's why these mainland uh, academics called some of the people loyal rubbish, loyal trash, and rubber stamps, and unable and to, to, to govern Hong Kong. Even Regina Yip said the administration, the establishment camp, has underperformed. So, um, so, so, but I can't understand if the administration underperformed. Why don't they get rid of Carrie Lam? Like they got rid of quite a few party secretaries who, who underperform in the mainland. Okay, Herlock Sang, good morning to you. Good, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us once again. Can I ask, are you, are you taking part in this? Are they, uh, uh, this, these consultations? No, I'm just an observer. Okay. Just mm. an observer. I am no different from any of you. Okay. <laughs> and, and what are your thoughts on, on the process? Well, um, in a sense, it's not really surprising, you know, because uh, um, um, to the extent that the damage has been done, to the extent that it, it was, uh, you expect that Beijing would do something, you know, to... to can, can, I, can I suggest, can I the, cut you off, maybe... maybe. I, yes. I, I would suggest it's perhaps much more than people were expecting, and it's, it is surprising to that extent. I don't think anyone, n no one was talking about, for example, the election committee forming the largest block in, in the Legislative Council. This has mm -hmm. now been welcomed by the chief executive and others. But frankly, it was yeah, not so, yeah, well, not well, so, so it's a surprise that, uh, to that extent. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be surprised that, uh, that Be Beijing would, uh, would do everything it, that it could, you know, to in order to prevent the sort of chaos that had happened, you know, and uh, I, I really want to uh, challenge Emily's uh, Lau's earlier comment, you know, because uh, she did say that uh, it was not acceptable, you know, what happened in, you know, the chaos that happened in uh, 2019 was not acceptable. Yes, it was not acceptable, as she said, but the point is that at that time, no, no pan-democrat legislator ever came out to condemn all that violence, that, that chaos, you see? And that is what uh, uh, really uh, um, uh, makes a lot of people unhappy about the, the pandemics. You know, they, they really should uh, um, 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 show that they have a different position, you know, from, from the rioters, but they, they didn't. You see, that is what was disappointing, and uh, it's really unfortunate. All these developments are very disappointing, you know, because from the first day, you, you know that I have been struggling with what I can, you know, to ensure that Beijing would need not worry, and so that the uh, democratic process can progressively get uh, uh, better and better. You see, unfortunately, people people do it the other way and and and, and try to enhance Beijing's worries, and uh, that's what what happened. Yes. Well, I we we all said the violence, whether it's on the part of uh, the police, uh, which was terrible, the brutality, and the protesters. We did not say it was acceptable, and we call on the administration to step in. 
set up an inquiry to but look at everything. But you never condemned it. Not, you never condemned the violence. I, we, you know? Of course, we, we condemn violence, uh, Professor Ho. Why did you not support setting up an independent commission of I inquiry? I support it. I support it. I wrote Why in China TV and called for an independent uh, 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 in inquiry. Do you I think wrote, it was a mistake you know, not to set the, it up? Uh, China Daily published my article. You see, it Do was you? a it was a pro-Beijing paper, and it, it, it published my article, which called for an independent inquiry. Do you think it was a mistake not to set up such an inquiry? I just asked for it. Okay. Well, I just you asked, asked for it. it. We all asked for it, and my point yeah. was. It was I a mistake it. And, and as far as I know, quite, quite a number of other people also asked for it. You know, even yeah. the pro-establishment pro camp, they, uh, they asked for it. You know, but, uh, some, some people have different kinds of concerns, and, and, and I don't really understand it. You know, as Do long you? as it is uh, set up properly, uh, I uh, can trust uh, such a process. But some people are worried that the process would be, would, would be hijacked by some quarters and... and how can they inquire with the hijacked? Ada, Ada, well, we, 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 you know, there's really no point to talk about 2019 uh, because it's in the past. This will be all historical. Well, and that was what led to this. What was it? Can I can I drag it back to 2019 <laughs> again, just before we <clears throat> move forward, Ada? I mean, I mean, the whole like saying isn't there an argument that that what happened in 2019, the significant event in 2019, was was the was the district council elections when when yeah, it became clear to Beijing that, that in fact, yeah, that in fact the that that in fact most people in Hong Kong had sympathy and supported. The protesters. That was the stunning revelation. That was what silenced China yes. Daily and the pro-China press because they didn't know how to react. This is a, this, I mean, this is a case which can be argued. Um, uh, and that's the important point. And all these reforms, um, multiple layers to to uh, to bring uh, bring the election result away from the from the direct voice of the people. They're all they're all follow on. That decision, that that uh, the district council uh, election, that was the significant event in 2019 when Beijing realised what people in Hong Kong think of Beijing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, um, and that is why uh, they are indeed very, you know, because if 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 uh, uh, Hong Kong, but the, but uh, they're not they're not worried about the people throwing petrol bombs; they're worried about the masses. Arguably. A lot of people were sympathetic with the with the writers too. Mm. You see, it, it, well, it, but you know, the district council polling okay, day is all a very peaceful. Minority that was that, 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 that was sympathetic with with the writers. You see, and uh, you see, the fact is that the fact is that okay, most of Hong, most Hong Kong people, my, myself included, would have preferred progress towards increasing representation and uh, uh, moving towards uh, 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 universal suffrage uh, in the way that was prescribed in the basic law, okay? And I had hoped that uh, we would indeed progressively march toward that goal, okay? And that is why I have been doing what I can, you know, in order to, to make sure that that process would, would actually go on, you know, but some people sabotage it, and yet, 
they have drawn applause from from a lot of people, especially young people. Well, but, but the argument would be that, I guess, that they didn't sabotage it. It's just that the result was not what Beijing wanted. The, the, the elections went forward in, a, in, a, in a quite a reasonable, peaceful, peaceful manner, but it was just the result wasn't, was not the preferred result. Yeah, the rhetoric in uh, a lot of comments are very uh, uh, persuasive, you know, and uh, they did uh, uh, get people believe that uh, uh, somehow Beijing had, had violated uh, the promise, you know, but they, people really didn't look at the uh, basic law carefully, you know, that was what was promised, you know, Article 45 expressly uh, uh, mentioned a few uh, two, two things one is that it, you have to uh, you know this progression towards more representation of the nominee committee would be conditional on the actual circumstances that's one thing okay the other is that the nominating committee would have to stay even in the final in the ultimate goal you see but people wouldn't accept it but it is in the basic law and that was what Beijing was uh, uh, always count on, you know, because the basic law was there to defend, you know, the bottom line, which is that the, uh, people shouldn't rock the boat and try to change the regime. You see, and, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, that, that is not people, uh, you know, pe- people either misled, misinformed, or, or, or you know, try, try to imagine things, you know. Emily Lau, uh, here's, here's a comment on Facebook from uh, Henry, uh, just reflecting on um, this other issue. I mean, the international side of this, um, as I mentioned, G7 ministers at the end of last week, they accused Beijing of oppression, attempting to eliminate dissenting voices uh, and opinion. Uh, the EU said that Hong Kong had seen an alarming political deterioration. Henry on Facebook says, reactions from Western foreign governments and organisations are nothing surprising and, in fact, expected. Those are their standard rhetoric. Frankly, every country has its own national security issues, and the election overhaul is to ensure that non-patriots, troublemakers, rogues, do not get into institutions like LegCo and so on. Put Simply put, it's national security. Uh, US security laws are even tougher than Hong Kong's. Why didn't the US government itself, EU and other US allies condemn US security laws? The real reason is the mechanism would stop US or UK future efforts to subvert China, to destabilise Hong Kong and stop or stall Hong Kong growth. For those who think Beijing wants to kill Hong Kong democracy, do you think our Chinese leaders who had led the country to advance remarkably want to stifle Hong Kong or kill Hong Kong? If Beijing wants to stifle Hong Kong, it could easily be done via control of water, food, without the need to go all through the hard work in the overhaul. That is uh, from uh, Henry. Uh, Emily Lau, um, all countries have national security legislation, uh, don't they? And it's very tough in in countries like uh, the United States. Isn't this um, sheer hypocrisy or something more than hypocrisy uh, from the, from those Western countries who address it in Hong Kong? Well, if you think they are hypocrites, of course, you are free to condemn them uh, like people elsewhere uh, speak their mind. So uh, I, I have no, no opinion on... Well, uh, I mean, I mean it's, it's more than hypocrisy. The, the claim would be that, it, you know, it's malicious, uh, that, they're, that, that they're, they're doing this because they want to get at China, they want to get through Hong Kong. I, I don't know about that, but I, what I do know is that uh, what we see 
uh, our personal safety, our freedoms, the rule of law, independence of the judiciary, under one country, two system, is disappearing before our very eyes, whatever you want to call it. And speaking as a Hong Kong person, I am very, very distressed and I'm uh, very, very apprehensive. Okay, one more, one more comment. This is from Alan in an email who says, Professor Ho wheels out the tired talking point. The pandems do not condemn the violence, implying that one, they endorsed it, and two, condemning it would have made any difference. It could only have made the protesters despite the pan despise the pandems as sellouts. The violence, in inverted commas, was a reaction to police and triad violence. This was endorsed and encouraged by the government and supporters. Who can forget Junius Ho exhorting murder of protesters, glad-handing triad thugs after Yun Long? That is uh, from uh, Alan. Ada, you wanted to talk about something else? Yeah. Well, uh, Emily, in, in, in this context, um, is it um, still worth talking about the lowering of the ratio of directly elected members in the legislature from what we have now, 30-odd seats to um, perhaps 20 seats uh, in the coming months? Uh, I don't think that's a very meaningful discussion, uh, uh, Ada. You must have heard of proposals from people from the FTU saying the people from the election committee should have 50 seats out of 90. And, uh, and also the DAB people telling the central government officials to provide training so that we can have good uh, politicians in Hong Kong. Well... I think if the electoral process is not free and independent and allow the candidates from whatever camp or independent candidates to contest, to campaign freely, independently and with dignity and honour, uh, there is not much point. Not for the candidates and not for the voters. If you're a voter... I mean, do you think you would want to cast your vote in such a system? We used to talk about a, a democracy in a birdcage. Now it's a birdcage, birdcage. They put in three birdcages. So what is the point? Well, it, it, depends, it depends on whether there, there is a diversity of candidates. So, you know, what will happen to the Democratic Party? Well, I think I'm no longer in the leadership, so I think the leaders of the party will decide. I'm just speaking as a Hong Kong person, saying that if a system does not really have, you know, uh, all the elements I listed earlier, then I don't think it's worth taking part. Then you say, oh, that's terrible, I, there's no diversity. I don't want to make a but what diversity? That. People are going to continue, a mechanism will continue to monitor the elected politicians, even the national uh, security and the police would be deployed to, to, to put them under surveillance. And then if one thing goes wrong, you're not a patriot, then you're out. And, and who are the patriots anyway? As Professor Song Yanwing said, many of the NPC and CCC people have dual nationality. I mean... What, what is a patriot? Right. Can you tell me, please? Yes, my... Well, two points. One is that dual nationality has nothing to do with patriotism as such. What I'm talking about, okay, being patriotic is someone 
we don't want to, to sabotage a system that is already working well and is serving Chinese people well. So if you, if you are a patriot, but you want uh, to subvert China's political system, which has been serving Chinese people well, then you're not a patriot. You see, and people who have a track record of sabotaging the, the, the uh, trying to sabotage the Chinese regime, uh, the, the Chinese political system, that is not compatible with the one country, two systems, you know, in which we clearly, uh, uh, it, it was mentioned that, uh, you know, the well water and the river water would, shouldn't interfere with one another, right? Right? So, so the point is that um, uh, if there are some people who, who, uh, who want to oppose Beijing and want to subvert it and want to change the, the, uh, uh, Hong Kong's political system so that uh, 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 pe people in Hong Kong can deviate okay, from the basic law, which has been spelled out, has been um, uh, put into law. Okay, that is not acceptable. And, and, and uh, I have always said that uh, um, um, uh, in Hong Kong, the le election process should allow dissent, but dissent is, that doesn't mean that you uh, can um, uh, oppose the basic law or the one country two system. Professor Ho, you said uh, dual nationality has nothing to do with patriotism. So many patriots can be foreign nationals. Huh? Is that yeah, what it's not mean? a problem, you know. People, people still can love the country even though they they they, they, they have, have a different citizenship. citizenship. So what? Oh, so what about the BNO, Professor Ho? Yeah. BNO is not a problem too initially, but now that uh, um, uh, the, the, the UK is making it a making it a a a, a tool, okay, uh, to um, condemn um, um, Hong Kong. You know what's going on in Hong Kong, and I think that's not acceptable. Okay, we're out of time for this section of the program. Hulok Sang, thank you for very much indeed for for joining us, senior research fellow in the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. And thanks to uh, Emily Lau, former chair of the Democratic Party. Uh, Chris Young joining us uh, after the news. We're also going to be talking about diving safety with uh, two uh, diving experts. That's following the sad deaths of uh, two people at the uh, weekend. Uh, email us bankchat.rthk.hk or pick up the phone two three three eight eight. 266. The weather mainly fine today. Temperatures up to about 27 degrees. Warm during the day and humid. 22 degrees now. Humidity is at 85%. Uh, were reported in such a short period of time. But these are very rare cases that we haven't seen before uh, after vaccination. So we need to get an overview. AstraZeneca insists data from millions of recipients shows the vaccine is safe. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Bank Chats on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Tiverton. We're talking about the, uh, the consultation, the uh, talks which are underway at the moment with uh, Jiang Xiaoming uh, and uh, others talking to uh, uh, various people uh, in Hong Kong about the details of the uh, changes to the election system. We were talking to Emily Lau and Holok Sang in the first part of the programme before nine o'clock. We're joined now by Chris Young, who's the chief writer of Citizen News. Later, we're also going to be talking about diving safety. This follows the uh, death of uh, two people over the uh, past weekend involved in snorkelling and uh, scuba diving. We'll be talking to two diving uh, experts about uh, safety 
safety uh, in Hong Kong. And we want to hear from you, as ever. You can call us on 233-88266. Uh, you can comment on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Everyone can see what you write there. Uh, or you can uh, or you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, and we'll do our best to, to read out your messages. Uh, we've got a few on uh, COVID-related issues. We'll probably do COVID as a main topic um, uh, tomorrow. Uh, on um, today's subject... Uh, Tobias says, my question uh, would be why there is a need for this election reform at all. Everyone says it's necessary to keep away destructive forces. But I thought this is what the national security law is there for already. And now everyone repeats the lines that this is to make sure that the Hong Kong is governed by patriots. But which pan-democrat could now, under the NSL, still subvert LegCo or the government without going to prison? So does that mean that the election reform is just there to entirely alienate and disenfranchise citizens from the election process? That's from uh, Tobias. Bowen says, Dear Backchat, Mr Ho's point that the lack of condemnation of the violent protesters led to the current spate of changes to one country, two systems is a semi-valid point made in the wrong context. Some pandems, including notably Anson Chan, condemned the violence. Many more would have condemned it if they could simultaneously condemn the authorities equally or more. Not doing so would have been wrong and sent out a grievously wrong message. Insisting the pandemic solely condemning the protesters was and is largely an effort to make the pandemocratic camp self-implode. I agree with Alan that condemnation would not have made any difference. The grand strategy was made apparent when comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong was announced in 2014. The timing of the full implementation of that strategy is determined by factors outside this city, including, crucially, the hostility between the US and the West versus China. That is from Bowen. Backchat.rthk.hk is our email address. Uh, Chris Young, good morning to you. Good morning, Ada. Uh, thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us this morning. Uh, what do you think make of this uh, process, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the consultation, the discussions that are, that are uh, uh, underway? Um, not, uh, I mean, uh, do you think they're significant? Do you think they're important? Or do you think that they are, everything's predetermined and um, they're uh, just arguing over trivialities, essentially? Um, too late, too little. Uh, I think if Beijing is uh, sincere in, and, and seriously about, say, consulting the people of Hong Kong, they should have done it before the MPC um, discuss it and approve it. And um, ironically, I think it's only the, 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 the overhaul was only confirmed just the night before MPC convened its uh, annual plenum. Before that, uh, even though Jiang Xiaoming yesterday said they have conducted uh, form of research and talk to, say, a lot of people, experts, um, in the formulation of this uh, electoral, say, uh, uh, revamped. Um, as far as I, rem- I can remember, I think only the chief executive has publicly said they, uh, they, they, had, they, they were partially involved and they had some input in it. But she admitted that even before the NPC discussed it, that they, that that the government uh, knew little about it. So um, it's, it's been, say, done in the dark. Now the decision, NPC decision, had already been passed. Um, there's a lot of basic, say, restrictions there. The room for changes, I think, in this process is extremely, it's extremely limited. 
um, they are talking about the proportion of seats for geographical functional uh, constituencies and election uh, uh, committee uh, about um, slight changes in the wetting uh, mechanism. Um, but I think the basics of our electoral system have already been fundamentally changed. I think two are very important factors. One is that um, I think in the development of elections, the size of our electorate uh, should be, say, gradually broadened. But now we are moving in the opposite direction. We are moving backwards. We turn to the old idea of an election committee, kind of electoral college. And secondly, um, candidates. I think anyone can be a candidate in before if they got enough nominations from the from the from the from, from the electors. I think from kind of about three to four million uh, people uh, with public with those people's support, they can uh, seek nominations and then qualify as a candidate. But now we have a backwetting mechanism. Um, that's not. Um, uh, in our e- 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 uh, election system before. I think those two important changes will fundamentally change our election system. As, uh, and as some political scientists said, uh, uh, we don't know whether we should call it an election now. Yes, uh, Chris, uh, well, originally we had the returning officer uh, who's responsible to disqualify or not to disqualify. So now we have uh, another vetting mechanism. You, you think they're almost the same? Oh, sorry, uh, Peter, can you repeat it again? I mean, in, in the past, we had an, a returning officer yeah. who um, who was able yeah. to disqualify a candidate like Joshua Wong. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, we have a vetting mechanism. So are they almost the same? No. No, uh, as I said, uh, the, 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 the vetting mechanism is it's being totally changed. Um, Chief Executive has made a point saying earlier that um, the previous uh, system under which uh, a middle-ranking, say, administrative officers, usually the district officers, uh, will act as returning officers uh, to, say, uh, handle, say, nominations. She had that, that there are problems. I, I think it's, um, um, it's a wrong is a wrong statement, and uh, that system has, has, has been in place for decades, uh, since almost, I would say, uh, election uh, was, was held in Hong Kong. Why they just need a middle-ranking administrative officers? Because they just need to, say, uh, check the basic things. The uh, nomination process and requirements are open and, and, and clear. But now... Um, they have to say take into account political judgment, political decisions on the on the uh, acts and 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 words of say um, uh, applicants uh, for candidacy. So that involves political assessment and judgment, and that will be highly problematic uh, because uh, that that will be an effective political vetting. Of, of candidates. Uh, okay, so it's different. It's it's new. But in the end, do you think we're going to get used to it? Do you think things will will settle down and this is the way it's going to be? And yeah, we will be. It'll become. It'll become. This is what Hong Kong will be like. Um, I think it's a huge political gamble. I think now 
the 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 Chinese government thinks that uh, uh, by overhauling the system, um, that um, the 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 host of the governance and political problems will be resolved. I, I would say that that's a huge gamble. Um, the the kind of political participation will be fundamentally changed. Uh, yes. What, what I, will I, happen, I, yeah. uh, Chris? What will happen Sorry. to the pan-democrats? Uh, do you see them participating in any way in this big picture? I think in the near-term future, maybe three, maybe uh, in the next four years or three to four years, I would say in the next natural, um, the, the, the democrats will be uh, will be fine line. They have to fight for their survival uh, before they can find a way. Uh, to do politics, uh, to take part in political, uh, to take to, to to take part in the political process through the system. Um, so in the next two years, I guess uh, they will have to uh, turn their attention or, 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 or focus on um, fighting their battles um, in, in 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 the streets. Uh, how they can do it, I think it will be highly difficult, of course. Um, now with the police force being beefed up and all this um, national security law and and, and also um, there are already a lot a, a lot of, of ordinances in 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 our statute that can be uh, used say uh, to say uh, to ring in say political dissidents. Okay, a couple of uh, comments. Uh, first of all, an email, email from uh, Matthew, which is a question for Holok saying, Matthew, uh, for some reason, your your emails, there, there is quite a delay. I'm sorry, this is why they kind of, kind of get out of sync. Uh, I, I can see it was sent at 8.50, but we didn't actually receive it until uh, after five past nine, um, out of order from, from the other emails. I have no idea where that is. I, uh, <laughs> I apologise. Uh, anyway, uh, Matthew's question for, for Holok Sang is about the question of uh, nationality, I think. Um, he, he says that in the mainland, uh, Chairman Xi requires senior leaders and their immediate family to only hold Chinese passports in order to demonstrate true patriotism and loyalty. Does Holok Sang agree with Chairman Xi that this is important and believe the same standard should be applied to Hong Kong patriots and their immediate families if they wish to run for political office or senior government positions? I think that was something that we did... We did touch on anyway. Um, and Jay, in an email, says, My son is a Hong Kong person, born in Hong Kong. He studies in Chinese school, and he listens to the Chinese national anthem every day. Is he not a patriot? And yet he can't get a Chinese travel card because he does not have Chinese parents. Secondly, Hong Kong is like the converter country to the West and the rest of the world. The same as Hong Kong is the converter country for China, changing everything from Western system to Chinese. Now China wants Hong Kong China way. That is uh, from uh, Jay. Um, Chris Young, I mean, finally, if you know, you expect these changes in the in the political system and perhaps even atmosphere of of Hong Kong. What about Hong Kong as an international city? The traditional role that that, that Hong Kong has had since it was uh, since it was uh, colonized, uh, basically those, those international connections. Do you think they will stay, or do you think that they will change? Well, uh, almost on the same day that the national security law took uh, effect. Um, the then U.S. President Donald Trump has already said publicly that uh, they would treat Hong Kong as no different from um, other parts of mainland China. And since then, we've seen um, changes, say, in the way, say, Western countries, say, um, uh, deal with Hong Kong. Um, uh, this, all these extradition treaties, uh, U.S. Uh, changes um, in, say, economic policies, 
And then now uh, we have changes in the electoral system that, that, that have drawn, I think, the expected, say, strong reactions from Western countries. Um, I think the whole um, changes in the law, national security and the election system, I, I'm sure will come, say, Western governments to um, fundamentally review and change their uh, range of policies to, towards Hong Kong. Uh, in the direction that um, Hong Kong uh, will be more or less the same as other mainland uh, cities. <coughs> so I think those are the big, I think this, this is a big change and, and, big, and big challenge for Hong Kong. Um, it's uniqueness, and if, it, if it's no longer unique, say, um, well, um, well, I, I think uh, uh, our city will, will, will be very different, and um, economically, socially, and, and, and politically. Wouldn't they be the ones to suffer, though, if they had those kind of changes? They've got lots of investments. Well, I think and... everyone of, of, of fun will, will, will suffer. I, I think uh, some people have already given up hope, so they migrate with their children. And um, China, of course, will, the central government will, will of, of course, suffer because... Um, uh, I would say they still hope one country, two system um, work and, su- uh, and succeed. But, 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 but I, I think they are doing the opposite. Okay. Well, uh, Chris Young, thank, many thanks for joining us, Chief Writer at uh, Citizen News. Uh, many thanks. Uh, Backchat at rthk.hk is our email address. Finally today, we want to turn, as mentioned, to the issue of diving safety. This follows a very sad death to, of two people over the weekend in, in Hong Kong waters uh, related to uh, snorkelling and uh, scuba diving. Uh, we're joined now by Andrew Couch, who's the Managing Director of Third Dimension Diving, and Johnny Lee, Chairman of the Hong Kong Technical Diving Association. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, Andrew Couch, maybe. Good morning to you. Uh, Good morning, morning. Uh, first of all, the, 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 the scuba diving death. Do, what, what do we know about the, the circumstances and, and, and what can we learn from that, do you think? Well, what we know at the moment is that they, the, the divers seem to be um, found trapped underneath uh, some rocks, um, not very far off of the, off the shoreline, to be honest, and uh, in, in slightly... Uh, not really deep water, maybe um, 14 metres deep, I believe it was. Um, and, you know, what can we learn from this? But it's, it's a case of, uh, at the moment, not, not uh, you know, it, it's being confident in the water um, and how we, how we approach our dives um, and, and sort of what we, um, um, the, the sort of procedures that we follow. Um, and, it, you know, at the end of the day, if we're not ready for the dive, then we're not ready for the dive. Um, and we shouldn't really get in the water. Um, and how we prepare for these things is, is down to our training, really. Uh, and how would you say the training is like in Hong Kong? Is it adequate? Most people I think the training is actually, I mean, I've been training in Hong Kong, uh, training scuba dive in Hong Kong for 18 years now. And overall, I think the training is, is, is good. It's of a high standard. There's a lot of uh, good quality instructors around. Um, and, you know, the, the conditions in Hong Kong are, are not, shall we say, easy in terms of visibility. Um, but, and that, that sort of uh, creates, in my opinion, that creates sort of better divers because um, you, you end up, you know, having to deal with slightly different, you know, challenge, more challenging circumstances. 
than you would do in, say, the Philippines or in Thailand, where there's 30, 40 metres of visibility. Um, but I've, I've always seen that the diving training is, is of a high standard. Um, and, you know, everybody sort of follows the rules and follows the guidelines from the training agencies. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a plus for Hong Kong's uh, diving industry, should we say. Right. Um, just from the news report, um, you know, that uh, diver uh, panicked and um, he even grabbed uh, another diver's mask and that mask went, went out. So, um, you know, what, what would you suggest that, um, you know, beginning divers uh, do when they panic? Um, it, this is the thing. When, when you panic, the, the, it's, it's trying to train people to um, remain calm in, in various different situations when you get in the water. Now, that's very easy for me to say. Uh, I've been diving for, uh, what, 30 years um, and in all sorts of different circumstances. Um, and trying to, to, to stay calm. And the problem, if you're, if you're not very deep underwater, we can, we can resolve a lot of problems um, just by basically taking a breath and stop and just thinking through the, the action that you're going to take. Um, you know, the, a very common um, result of panic is, is a diver trying to reach for another diver as a safety net, if you like, and, and then things generally spiral out of control from there. Um, and, you know, we just need to sort of try to make them think about just remaining calm and trying to help the problem um, before it spirals out of control. Hmm. Uh, Johnny Lee, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. I'm From here. Technical yeah. Diving Association. So we had these two deaths, as I say, at the, at the weekend. Uh, yes. I mean, in general, is, is diving, you know, safe in Hong Kong? Is it dangerous? How many deaths are there, do you know? Well, actually, Hong Kong is surrounded by the sea. Hmm. It's uh, so fascinating under the water. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, familiar. Like, everybody, if we have... Like another guest just mentioned, if we have been uh, properly trained, uh, it's low doubt that Hong Kong is uh, a perfect place for diving season one. And I would like to uh, voice out uh, uh, an, another issue, which another guest didn't mention, like uh, during the uh, uh, diving, especially in Hong Kong, uh, a diver should also, you know, like uh, come with proper... Uh, equipment like uh, and also they should familiar with this, their 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 using equipment. That is really important. And second thing is pay attention like uh, all the area, especially there's some we call uh, ghost net, like uh, some abandoned fishing net left over at the bottom of the sea. We should always bring our carrier carry with the leg cutting tool just in case like uh, you have uh, been entangled with some you know ghost lead mm. so we can uh, just stay calm and uh, the best way to get out of those leads is carefully cut line by knife you know so until you are safe and free you know as mentioned like we, we should stay calm at all times no need to be panicked. That's the best way to dive carefully and uh, enjoy the dive. It's really important, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, the, uh, the buddy system. 
Do do yes. divers in Hong Kong do they stick to that, or do they sometimes go oh, off yeah. on their own? And especially if they're hunting as well, if they're using guns or harpoon guns for to collect fish or something like that, do they still stick to the buddy system? Oh, okay. Uh, we are talking about two uh, kind of activities, like for uh, open water chaining, proper chaining, and especially with uh, you know dive dive certificate. Everyone should know that but this system is a must. We, we should carry out at all times, anytime, anywhere. But if you're talking about fish hunting, that's another uh, topic that we should uh, discuss more. Because, like, uh, you expect, yes, teamwork and team system, but then under the water, it's quite difficult for someone, uh, especially during their fish hunting, to to get involved with other buddies because it's kind of dangerous. So uh, they have another system, you know, to uh, you know to follow, so that they won't hurt each other. You know, there's different type of uh, activity. You know, that's right. why we 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 we, uh, we we don't like uh, comment if this is good or not. But then it's totally different. Yeah. Johnny, have you seen an increase uh, in the interest of uh, diving? I understand that um, you know there are more people who are now interested, especially uh, since last year, since COVID days. Uh, some of my uh, younger friends, um, you know, who you know who never knew uh, anything about diving, uh, they they really got hooked to it. Is, oh yeah, is that the case? Oh, oh, you actually, I alerted, you know. More and more, especially recently, you talking about COVID nineteen, like because people can go anywhere, and uh, you can see the mountain there, like uh, uh, fully crowded, and um, many people try to you know use their leisure time to learn more, especially diving. And uh, I don't really recommend, especially someone who may not be proper trained, and then go either. Locking. As a matter of fact, during the weekend there, I don't know if you you guys uh, heard the news. There another locula get hurt and uh, you know uh, said to, to to tell that uh, he uh, you know someone died yeah. at uh, at the other you know Long Long Ha Wan. Yeah, Yes, and then uh, that that's why like no matter what kind of water activities, I really. Highly recommend, you know, even snorkeler, even even swimmer, we should accompany with experienced instructor or dive master or coach, you know, like because again, outdoor activities different from, you know, indoor. You, you, there are so many special factors can cause accidents, mm. okay. you know. Yeah. Okay, and, and number 233-88266. We've got a caller, I think, on the line. Gordon. Gordon, good morning. Hi, morning. Hi. Go ahead. Um, I was just thinking that there seems to be quite a lot of lacking regulation uh, as to the management of diving operations. There's boats without any diving A flags being displayed. There's boats, other boats that have flags permanently displayed even when they've been lifted out of the water at Easy Haven. There is diving operations off Little Palm Beach, which is a sailing federation facility that have no warnings at all. The, the coaches are coming in and trying to spot bubbles coming up 
to avoid hitting divers. And um, I think for their own safety point of view, they need a, a lot better regulation. But I don't know if that's just flag-by-night type guys running running their own operations rather than any, anything done officially. Uh, uh, can, I, can I add on that? Yeah, please. please? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a very good point that, um, uh, that's been raised. I mean, notification of, of divers in, in the water and, and flags. You know, we, we display an alpha flag on our boat. Um, and, you know, the majority of the dive operations that, that are out there, they are they're putting up dive flags, they are using surface marker buoys, um, and I think Johnny mentioned earlier about divers having their, the right equipment or the correct equipment. That's what I meant with being properly prepared. Um, you know, we carry the necessary equipment for the dive, not, not over-excessively, but also, when you're when you're underwater, you need to notify the surface traffic, shall we say, that the boat that there is that there's divers underneath, um, and that way you can always also monitor the position of where these divers are. Um, should something happen, uh, you know, in the unfortunate event, and I, I, you know, to be honest, I notice a lot of divers. They, a lot of the instructors, they do go out. They go out with surface markers. Um, even off of Little Palm Beach or Lobster Bay, uh, Long Hawan, where there's a lot of shore diving going on, and they'll generally sort of ring off an area, if you like, with the, with the, the um, to notify where where their divers are, um, and all those surfaces, you know, that's where they they have, um, so that people know that there are divers underwater um, on that one. So I think in terms of regulation. Uh, the agencies themselves have regulations. They have the protocols in place, uh, and an, an, any agency that doesn't, uh, any organisation, sorry, the uh, diving company that doesn't follow these is actually breaking the standards of, of the organisation that they're, they're training through or they're diving through. Um, it's mainly, I found, a lot of, dare I say, local sort of uh, fishermen type um divers that go out on the on the small p4 speed boats and they're the ones that are just sort of anchoring off of, uh, of one of the islands out in port shelter or something like that and they're just jumping in the water they don't have any notification of, of divers in the water there's no alpha flag going up no diver below no surface marker boys and that's when it becomes really really dangerous um you know and, and i've had so many times where i've come i've driven the boat near to a dive site and not known that there are divers in the water from little small speedboats. And that's when it's dangerous. Okay. Well, Andrew Couch, thank you for joining us. Third Dimension Diving Managing Director. Johnny Lee, thank you very much indeed. Chairman of the Hong Kong Technical Diving Association. Also, Caller Gordon, thank you very much indeed. Uh, the rest of the uh, emails and comments that we've got. First of all, TC on Facebook says, and responding to Henry's comment, there are countries in which China considers non-patriots can hold public office. For example, election authorities in Canada don't disqualify supporters of Quebec independence from running for seats in the Canadian House of Commons. Interestingly, in the 1990s, that party called for Quebec independence became the loyal official opposition party. Another unpatriotic political party holding public office in the world is the Scottish National Party. Just because Beijing won't allow something, it doesn't mean these things can't exist. People P.S. People like Henry and Tom can, can block me, but that doesn't mean they can block the facts. And uh, Sukin Lo says the foreign countries are busy with their own internal election and only keep an eye on the benefits.
Uh, David says a couple of notable points came out in the first half hour of the programme this morning. First of all, thank you to Holok Sang for revealing Emily Lau's unlimited capacity for disingenuity live on air. She still remains unwilling to actively condemn the rioters of 2019 as she did at the time. She simply hides behind her well-worn refrain, what about the police brutality? Not good enough, Emily, and you certainly won't pass muster as a politician in the West. Secondly, your own interpretation, this is addressed to me, of the results of the District Council elections in 2019 are open to question. My feeling is that the overwhelming mood on both sides in 2019 was one of extreme dissatisfaction with the government's handling of the situation. It could actually be argued that the fact that 42% or 1.3 million people still voted for pro-establishment parties represented a rejection of the violence and the antics of the pan-democrats. That is uh, from David. Emrys says, of course we're reluctant to accept China ruling Hong Kong. Of course we are concerned by the arrest of opposition politicians. However, we seem to have forgotten or prefer to gloss over the behaviour of those freedom fighters who, in inverted commas, who violently responded to anyone who questioned or opposed them. May I remind Emily Lau that the pan-democrats did not wholeheartedly condemn violence, usually qualifying their opinions with but, dot, dot, dot. And it's from uh, Emrys. Thank you very much indeed. Ada, thank you very much indeed. That's it for the programme today. The weather is going to be mainly fine. Temperatures up to 27 degrees, 23 degrees the latest, and the relative humidity, 82%. I smoked for over 30 years. Ten years ago, my doctor said I had chronic obstructive pulmonary disease with just one-third of lung function left. Now I have to use oxygen all the time to help me breathe. I am easily exhausted. We used to travel. Now I have to carry portable oxygen when I go out. I wish I had quit earlier. Quit now. Call 1833183. 934, the news now with Samantha Butler. An extra 3 million people are now able to book a coronavirus vaccine after the government lowered the age threshold from 60 to 30. Foreign domestic helpers and students who study overseas can also apply. The government says bookings aren't yet open to everyone, so it can balance supply and demand. The head of the Medical Association, Choi Kin, has criticised the government's new guidelines on who shouldn't get vaccinated against COVID-19, saying it's vague and piecemeal. The guidelines were given to GPs yesterday and state that people who've suffered from heart disease or stroke should defer vaccination after their medical condition is in better control. And the influential sister of North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un has warned the US not to cause a stink as the Biden administration prepares to set out its Korean policy. Her comments come a day before the US Secretaries of State and Defense are due to arrive in South Korea. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really quiet artist and not really 